Welcome back. Uh, this is part two of For the Health of It, featuring Richard Hawthorne. Uh, Rich, we left off where you were talking about uh, you were able to purchase the gym, the gym space, uh, Southern Elite over in Deauterville. So you can pick up there. Um, at that point, um, before then, I guess need to rewind. Um, so I got the gym. Uh, the old gym, and at that point, that's where I literally started becoming my own. So at that point, I've been in and I understood lifting naturally through just experiencing it. Right. Okay. Come 2010, uh, that was my first full meet back, um, and I started to actually be able to delve down into uh, powerlifting once again. And um, I was older, wiser, but I still had the young drive, you know, at this point. So 2010, I came back and um, um, I came back and I did um, my first meet and, and I was surprised at how much my strength stayed, you know, due to how I was lifting. And um, and uh, came back and I, I I did a pretty big number for a 132 or um, being out. But um, so from 2000 late 2008 to to early 2010, I was training pretty pretty heavily without doing any full meets. Now I did you know meets as far as like deadlift only and stuff like that. But right. came back full meet, boom hit it great numbers and things like that at that time also the same year as my first time going to um after not going to the arnold classic it was first time going to a convention in five years gotcha and went to the convention um and uh to the arnold classic and that's where animal came into play you know i went to the animal cage and people that remembered me from all those years, it was like, hey, that's Richard. And they asked me, it was like, hey, dude, you want to you want to uh, participate in the cage? I was like, yeah, what you got? You know, it was like um, uh, 500 for reps. It was called Bros versus Pros. And um, it's a, vid- a good video of that on um, on YouTube. But is, that, is that when you walk into like a, this cage and it's like a red floor? Um, the cage, the, the floor was black, but okay. it was, yeah, it was the cage, the animal cages where, uh, animal, they usually, and really we, we kicked it off. Um, uh, me and another person kicked it off. 2000, 2010, they, um, what they would do, they would throw the athletes in there and allow them to do, you know, lifts. For the crowds, you know, gotcha. uh, in the convention center, you know, so it was a it was a gimmick of people getting to see, you know, the best of what they do, do what they do, you know. Mm-hmm. And um, this particular competition, or not competition, this particular event, it was the pros and it was the um, the bros or the spectators who signed up to get to lift with the pros, and they needed somebody. Um, I can't even remember what side it was, but it, I was I joined. They needed somebody to fulfill all the all the teams. It was like 
hey, you want to you wanna do it? I was like, yeah. But little did they know, they knew that I was strong and they knew that I could do 500, but they didn't know they didn't know what I was capable of. Right. So, so obviously I'm the lightest person um, at this point. Uh, at this point, the closest person to me was 198 pounds, and every the closest person to him was 230. So there's four people each team. Okay, and whichever team, whichever team hit 500 for the most reps wins. So yeah. that was the competition. So they was like, you want to go? I was like, yeah. And immediately they walked off. I was like, they have no idea what they just did. So um, um, so I, I, I immediately thought, okay, I'm the smallest. They're going to want me to go first. But the other team went first. So that, per- that person, he was, he was probably like 240. He went first and he hit, he hit 500 for – for six reps. And this is deadlift. And this is deadlift. I'm sorry. Yep. This is deadlift. And immediately I was like, okay, now it's my team's turn. They're going to want me to go first because they're they going to figure, oh, well, he ain't going to be able to do that many, maybe two, maybe three, you know. So I clip my belt. I go up there. One of the guys got in my face to kind of pump me up, but I'm not like that. I don't get pumped up physically or aggressively. So I kind of moved them out the way and then, I started to go, did one, two, five, ended up hitting 10 reps at 132. <laughs> so at that point, you know, the um, the MC was like, uh, y'all know what y'all got to do now. You know, this guy is 135 pounds. Right. You can't get less than 10 reps. Right. So the pressure was on and from that day, that from that day, that day on. Animal called me. They they sponsored me, and it was like this guy is serious. So, um, from that from that point on, from 2010 to 2018, um, I was sponsored by Animal every year. I would go there and I would do amazing feats, and that's where my name really expanded from that platform. So, um, but again, going back from 2010 to 2013. I was doing my competing. I was doing the animal cage every year. And um, also um, 2013 came and um, they had a world meet down in Australia. Um, And Animal wanted to do a documentary and they wanted to choose four um, American lifters to go down there and to do this meet. And they asked me if I wanted to do it. I said yes. So it was. I'm not sure if you're familiar with any of the powerlifting guys of that era. You had, you know, Eric Lillybridge. You had um, Eric Lillybridge. You had Sam Bird. You had Brandon Lilly. You had um, Garrett Griffin, and then you had myself. And they were all sponsored, animal sponsored. Nice. So they flew us all down to uh, Australia. And then you had huge names from overseas. Um, I'm gonna mess up their name. Um, yeah, I'm not gonna even try it. <laughs> but you had huge names from from overseas, and you're talking about heavy, heavy hitters. So you have the best of the world at this time. Right. And um, and um, throughout the documentary, they you know they followed us into workouts. They flew us to New Jersey and stuff like that and all that, you know, the whole production part. 
we finally got down to Australia and I already knew that I was going to turn it out. You know, it's just because I prepared and I was ready and I know me, you know, um, and they, um, you know, in this documentary, they focused on, you know, other people, the bigger, the bigger guys that were looked to win the whole thing. Um, but when it came down to it, um, that was my day. I mean, I tore it up, you know, I hit an all time squat world record of five, um, 562 at 132, uh, raw, um, um, I hit a 308 bench roll, and then I hit a 601 deadlift, which um, I had no idea what I did at that point. You know, I knew that I was I was going to win, you know, through coefficient, you know, which I did. But at that point, I didn't know that I did 11 times my body weight, which right. put me at the pound for pound strongest person in the world. I'm like... I literally did what I said I wanted to do, you know what I mean? And it was profound at that moment. And this was a learning pro. This was a learning curve for me. And a lot of people, well, this is a learning curve for me and a lot of people. But at that moment I was like, I said, I wanted to do it. This is what I wanted to do. And at that moment I was excited, but a few seconds later, I was like, I did it, but that's it. Like I imagine it to be greater than what it was. You know, it was just an instant, like, I hit a goal and that was it. But when I started to think about it and what I realized what was important about this whole thing was the journey. The journey <laughs> was what fulfilled me and not the not the goal. Right. The goal, when I thought about, oh, I did, I did it as the goal aspect, I was like, that's nothing. That's, that's a trophy. A trophy to me. And what I I wish people think trophies as is yes the accomplishment but what I'm gonna do with this trophy I'm just gonna look at it exactly but the experience of getting there is everything you know so um, that was a huge learning curve and again that was a big that was a big moment and it went on you know 2015 you know I did some meets in between there continue on but 2015 is when I you know, got to my gym, which was uh, the one that's in Diablo. Good deal, good deal. Uh, let's talk about, uh, it seems like you, you, you have a lot of experience of speaking things into existence. Uh, can you go into that real quick, Light? Um, again, I take this and I give all the credit to my upbringing. Uh, playing outside a lot. Um, when you play outside, you create imagination. When you create imagination, you believe in the things that you want to do because that's an imagination. You, you want something, you believe in it, you have faith in it. So the way things happen to me, and it always seems like it falls in my lap, but it, 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 it doesn't, but it, it seems like that to a lot of people. And it seems like that to me until I realize all I do is fully be me. I'm playful. And when I'm playful and doing the things that I want to do, okay, as, as a person, I gravitate to the things that I love doing. Okay. So when I gravitate to the things that I love doing, that's actually monetary or 
not even monetary wise, but that's actually developing your passion and developing something that you can monetize or put your yourself in a position to to get money. You know what I mean? Right. Um, and granted, don't get this wrong. It puts me in a position. I've struggled ever since I've had a gym. I mean, it's been a struggle financially. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? A lot of people say, you got your gym and things, but it doesn't always seem as, you know, I, I've, I've struggled, you know, right. it, during that time still, you know, up to the, the recent years, you know what I mean? But um, when you do the things that you love, you typically go into and, and do um, your talk, you talk to the right people and you're always prepared in the right situations and circumstances, you know what I mean? So you're always ready and playful, you know what I mean? You do the things and you're just at the right place at the right time. Got you're it. always prepared because that's what you love doing. So that happens, you present something in a way of playfulness or performing or whatever, people see it and then things just build. Got you. you see what I'm saying? So that's how, that's how things work and that's how I, I believe things are supposed to work is you do what you love and it's a passion, then you're going to tend to do the things that you need to do in it for it to build. You see what I'm saying? Gotcha. So um, that's, there was no, when I opened up that gym over there, the first little gym, there was no plan. Mm -hmm. I bought the place. All right, let's get equipment. I well, I got equipment and I'm trying to do a little business. So therefore, you got to get this permit. You got to get this permit. It's like, I want to do this. Okay. So it was go as it comes. You right. know what I mean? Right. And, um, and like I said, it's typically how you want it to go. If you sit there and have plans with a lot of things, yes, you want to have an idea of what you want to do. But if you go with strict plans, plans are, are destruction because of, if you have set plans, if that one particular thing don't go as planned, you get disappointed. And then you feel some type of way. And then you go to another part of that plan. That happens and it don't go. Not to say that it don't, it don't go the way it's supposed to or it's not a step forward. But just because it didn't go like you wanted to go, it's a negative thing in your mind. Okay? Yeah. And as that builds more and more, then you take it as um, we take it as, as, as a natural thing. We take it as a negative thing. You know what I mean? And then we start resisting what we start, what we did love. You know what I mean? So those plans kind of deteriorate your whole process of what you love because now you're in your head and you're not going by your heart what you love. You know what I mean? Yeah. So with that being said, um, it's, a, it's a simple saying. If you, um, you want to make God laugh, tell him your, your plans. Oh, yeah. So that's, that's, that's true because of the simple fact that all we can do is go with, go with the flow of things. If we go with what we love doing and whatever pops up, you take care of that thing at that moment and then move on, then that's, that's an easier way of getting to success. It's going with the flow. You got you. All right, uh, Rich, before we get you out of here, man, uh, how, how did you maintain your body weight while also getting stronger? Um, in powerlifting, people, people think that in order to get stronger, you need to pile on weight. 
that's just automatic. They they all automatically do that or think that. They're like, oh, I need to get bigger, bigger, bigger. No, I've realized that if I can stay this weight and continue to get stronger, why not? You know what I mean? Exactly. Why not? You know? Why not? So, you know, being bigger is not a it's not a perk. You know what I mean? Being bigger means your proportions change, means that health issues, no matter if it's muscle or not, health issues, um, your frame is made for a certain width. You know what I mean? And that's what I did. I found my performance, my, my natural performance weight for my frame, and I mm -hmm. stuck with it. And my technique over the years became better and better because I stayed the same proportions. So I got stronger and stronger at the same body weight. So um, I didn't gorge. I've always been an active person, so I, I didn't eat that much. Um, but I ate when I did eat, you know what I mean? But um, um, that's, where, that's where it was at, and I had a great development. Gotcha, gotcha. Well, uh, before we get you out of here, man, uh, we got to get you back on uh, in the future because I, I got a couple more questions I want to ask you. Uh, and, concerning powerlifting, concerning your business, and also concerning other things inside of fitness. But uh, before I let well, you go, go ahead, go ahead. Um, and I'm, I'm, um, whenever you're ready, I'm ready because we haven't even gotten to the good things good. as far as the mental and spiritual aspect of things and, and, and lifting. That's all I want. I, well, I want all that. As, uh, as Matt Barnes would say, we want all the smoke. But, uh, <laughs> Go ahead, man. Shout out your social media if you can. Um, social media that I uh, that um, I have is, of course, Facebook, but that's more personal. Um, Instagram, it's um, CoreStrong010. Uh, and uh, my YouTube is just Richard Hawthorne. Um, I haven't been putting a lot on those platforms, but I have a ton of content um, that... I try to put it out there just to help people, you know what I mean? Um, so uh, feel free to go there and a lot of speaking content of the mental, spiritual aspect and form and technique wise. So y'all check that out. Yes, sir. Hey, Rich, we certainly uh, appreciate you coming on with us. Thank you for your time. Appreciate y'all. Thank you.